Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing a pastor's perspective on Thanksgiving and dealing with disappointment. Welcome back, Brian. We are back, Brian. It's good to see you today. Yeah. Very excited. We're in our brand yes. new studio. Yes. It is well, a studio, of course. <laughs> we've commandeered a room at our North Campus, yep. and we got some new equipment, so we're hopefully we sound... Better. We yeah. sound very good. Do, we, do yeah. I sound good? So much better. <laughs> is my voice melodious? It's so it make, It's like, wow. I feel like I'm getting saved all over again or something. Wow, man. <laughs> well, no. today we are doing a pastor's perspective. Yeah, so we want to talk about something that is uh, coming up very soon. Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving. This, it's kind of a big deal, I think, Thanksgiving. For some people. For some people. Are you excited about Thanksgiving? I am very excited about Thanksgiving. What is the, what's your favorite thing? Oh, my goodness. We're jumping right in. We're just going for it. Uh, my favorite thing about Thanksgiving, um, you know, this is the cliche answer, but like hanging out with your family. Mm. I just mine's green bean casserole. <laughs> My favorite food. That's a whole another conversation. But yeah, I mean, it's just a great time. I could together. eat the entire dish of green bean casserole. The whole, the whole thing. See, I don't like green bean casserole. So I love good. green beans, but not green bean casserole. So good. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, are you one of the people that? Well, there are people out there that skip. They go yeah. Halloween, Christmas. So I feel like very Thanksgiving is targeted not. by these questions, Brian, who made these notes. Uh, and the first question is, do you skip right over and go from Halloween to Christmas? Yes. Yes, I do. Have you guys set up your Christmas absolutely tree? Absolutely, we have. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We generally wait till after Thanksgiving yes. to set our stuff up. I, now, I used to do that. I used to do that. But now I just don't care anymore. We did uh, buy presents already and oh, start wow. to wrap okay. some. And so they're well, in, you're the, ahead of me in, in the dining room. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm kind of proud of you. That's pretty pretty impressive. Well, we're afraid that all the presents are going to be on some shipping containers out well, in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> that's so. not a bad point. <laughs> that might be the case. Yeah, no, we we have set up, and you know, I know everyone's like, there's that, there is like a big debate. It seems like you know, and uh, and I and I understand it. I really do. Um, and I think that as believers, we have to ask ourselves like, does Thanksgiving actually matter? Mm. Um, which I think is a good question. But yeah. I have watched Christmas movies. Have you? Have you started watching several, them? Several. Yes. I. I <laughs> How about you? We watched. There's a new Home Alone on Disney Plus. Yeah. And so is we, that good? Uh, it's it's good enough. Okay. We started watching it, and um, uh, I guess that counts as a Christmas movie because it's happening at Christmas. Right. Yeah. But it's not like a classic. You well, know, a lot of some of the Christmas movies that I love are less about Christmas and, and just kind of set around Christmas time. And that's what yeah, makes a die hard. movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. die hard. <laughs> I honestly, my, dad, my dad would argue for that. Don't take my man card, but I think I've only watched it like one time in my whole life. Really, I don't, yeah, okay. I don't think I've watched it a ton. I've seen the other ones more than that. Uh, mm. So, But anyways, yeah, so Christmas is coming, but Thanksgiving comes first. Yeah. Right? And so, so, so yeah, let's about? talk about Thanksgiving. Do yeah. you guys have any traditions that you do? Um. None that are out of the norm. I mean, we, we usually have turkey. We usually have ham, too, because not everybody actually likes turkey in our family. And um, we do have one of the biggest thing. I would say probably the number one thing for any family get-together, Thanksgiving and Christmas, is we have uh, a sweet potato uh, pudding 
that mm. my my grandma made and it is like if we don't have that then we haven't had a family gathering yeah it does, it's like not it doesn't count and so that's kind of a big deal yeah christy's grandma used to make oyster casserole every thanksgiving oh, really? oh, yeah oh, the, the people some of the older folks really Loved liked it, it. and yeah. maybe if you're listening you're like i love oyster casserole but the thought of it just could yeah. not i could not get past the thought and the smell it was yeah. not, not helpful i'm not a seafood guy but i know lots of people who would be totally all about that we always used to draw names for christmas oh, that's at cool. thanksgiving you know oh what do you mean like uh like my parents and their um their siblings you know and you know they would do a gift exchange at christmas oh, time so you would draw a name and, and you would get that you would draw names get, oh, yeah at thanksgiving cool. so that was fun we don't do it anymore but we used to when everybody was yeah. still around man you know? that's that's a great idea yeah it's, it was fun man really cool yeah. yeah we don't really have any other um you know particular thanksgiving traditions but yeah getting together that's the main well, thing do, what do you think do you think thanksgiving is an important holiday i i really do i think it is a, a very important holiday and the more the older i get the more important it becomes to me um and well I, and so I well just, just for the fact that it's an excuse to get together with your family right is right. is one big thing because there are the old you know it's like uh, i don't live near yeah. any family and so you get this opportunity to be with them and, and those are rare. Yeah. And it produces actual Thanksgiving in your heart because you are like thankful for your family. Right. And the older you get, I think the more you feel that way. Um, but yeah, what, what about you? Do you think like what other reasons might it be important than just spending time with family? Well, I, I definitely think it's significant for the Christian and some of it goes back to the history of Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, we know the pilgrims landed in 1620 and then 1621, they had the first Thanksgiving. And I have this great quote here that I found online from Edward Winslow, mm -hmm. who was there in 1621. Uh, and it said, our harvest being gotten in our governor set, uh, sent four men on fowling that so we might after a special manner rejoice together after we have gathered the fruit of our labors and although it be not always so plentiful as it was this time with us yet by the goodness of god we are so far from want yeah and so he's acknowledging the the blessings of god even from the very first thanksgiving and so yeah. that's that's i think that's part of why thanksgiving is so important especially for the christian yeah yeah cuz it recognizes that everything that you have comes from God. And that's what, you know, what thankfulness is. And we'll talk some more about that, but I think it's cool. He says they sent four men on fowling, you know, that's that they were hunting for, mm -hmm. for birds, you know, maybe it was Turkey. Maybe, I'm not sure exactly, but, but that's kind of cool how that set the standard for us. And that's how, that's why we still right. do it that way. And it, uh, and it, well, and the pilgrims and the Indians came together right, as well yeah. in that, in that moment. So it was a great moment of, blessing and, and togetherness right and yeah so many good things christian things christian ideals that were happening in one place and uh and so then abraham lincoln uh eventually made it an official holiday in 1863 and so you have this quote here uh, i'll just read it it says i do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the united states and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. I think that's interesting because both of these references, both of these historical uh, foundations for thanksgiving 
referenced God. Mm -hmm. They referenced the Lord yeah. and being thankful to God. I think that's really that's really interesting that that's a part of what you know, kind of the history of Thanksgiving because you know it's not that, and it seems like it's not that in our culture anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, what is Thanksgiving about? You know, it's football which I love football, but right. football, family, that's, those are okay things. Mm -hmm. Gluttony. Right. That's not, that's right. not so good. And then, uh, shopping. shopping. Well, I think all of these things can be good things. Gluttony. No, but like eating feasts eating, together yeah. mm -hmm. is good. But then when you take all of these things, you make them the priority. That's when, that's when you've taken this good thing called Thanksgiving and turned it into, you know, several different items. Right. 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 Well, and the thing with the shopping is just, you know, Thanksgiving was getting eclipsed and it was just a shopping holiday. Now, right. thankfully, many retailers I've read are not open on Thanksgiving at all. Now, yeah. they may be opening very early on Friday morning, but at least for their employees, they're saying you you, you have, you have Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving off. off. I love that. Yeah, I'm, I do too. I'm so glad. And, you know, it can be inconvenient because it's like, oh, no, I need, you know, more milk for gravy or something. I don't know. But, like, get it the day before. Get it the day before. Isn't it funny, though, that... Um, isn't it funny that um, like w when everything's closed, yeah. you ever like drive out? Yeah. Like nobody's out almost, yeah. you know, and like the stores, it just feels like the twilight zone for a second because we're like a 24 seven culture. Yeah. It, well, and for our older listeners, I mean, I love talking to my dad about it and he's just like, this is, this is, this is the way it always was though. Well, then nobody used to be open on Sundays for the most part. Yeah, exactly. It used to be one day a week when people were closed. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, it, that used to be normal and there was a good good thing behind that and so there are some things about thanksgiving that are um maybe not as desirable probably uh what's takes the over yeah what's the significance for believers how do we sort of um reclaim what thanksgiving should really be about i, I think that's a great question this is something that i i've been thinking about for a few years now as i've wrestled with you know the thanksgiving christmas <laughs> dilemma um why do i celebrate thanksgiving and I've had to ask myself the question, what is thankfulness? Because, um, you know, as, as we've said and I've, I've talked about before, like atheists can't be thankful. They can be happy that they have something, but they can't be thankful because thankful. Who are they being thankful exactly, to? Exactly. Thankfulness is a directional thing. It's right. something that goes to somebody Yeah, like else. if you do something for me, I'm being thank. I thank you right. for doing this. You're right. And so are you thinking if, if someone who doesn't believe in God are they saying they're thanking think, themselves? Exactly. I, I think so. I think a lot of times Thanksgiving for, for many people is really just a way to say, thank you, me, mm -hmm. for being able, for having these great things. And it's really, yeah. I think thankfulness is love to somebody. Yeah. And I think when you're thankful as like an atheist or an unbeliever and you're not thankful to God, you're really just saying, I love me. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, it's <laughs> funny you said that. I was reading some articles in preparation for this and one person quoted that in one of these Simpsons episodes, Bart says a prayer for Thanksgiving. He says, thank you for all this stuff we bought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, like yeah, focused yeah. on them, exactly. you know? Exactly. And so, but I think it should be different for the believer yes. because here's the reality. Thankfulness should be a, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like all the holidays, right? So Easter, we're mm -hmm. thinking about the resurrection, Christmas, we're thinking about the birth of Christ. And these are things that we shouldn't just celebrate once a year. We right. should have, they should be attitudes and things that we carry throughout the year. Same thing with Thanksgiving. This should be something that's an attitude that goes throughout the year. First of all, because it's a command. Yeah. You know, Ephesians 520 says, give thanks always. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, there's a statement there that is a command. Give thanks always for everything 
to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that's pointing out the fact that you know, thanks, thankfulness is is for all things. You know, that that's the idea is we're supposed to recognize that God gives us all things. So the first, it starts with, it's a command to recognize that God is the giver of every good gift. Right. You don't have anything good. Even the things that you bought for yourself, God actually gave to you. That's right. Right. And so that's a good thing. And then it's ultimately God's will for us. Thankfulness is a good feeling and it's God's will for us. First Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So it's interesting. We always want to know what the will of God is and yeah. it's spelled out in the Bible. And this is one of those passages that says God's will for you is to be thankful yeah. in all things, in, yeah. in all circumstances. Did you see what it says there? Where is it? Give, oh, yeah, thanks, give thanks in, in all, all circumstances. circumstances. Exactly. So that means the good circumstances and the bad. All means all, right? Well, I asked my kids, what does all, all mean? mean? All, all means, means all. all. Well, and that's the thing is all circumstances are, um, what's the word I'm looking for, sprinkled with good things from the Lord. I mean, even even the I saw I was watching fail videos, <laughs> something I like to do sometimes. And there was a guy who just crashed his motorcycle, just crashed it hard. And the end of the video, he's just like, "It's okay, it's okay. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead." <laughs> and so his point was like, "That was terrible, but I'm so thankful that I'm not dead. Yeah, like it's still good." And so even in the worst of circumstances, there there are things to be thankful for, and that can be really really hard. But that's why uh, I think in our next thing we'll get to eventually dealing yeah. with perspective change. That's right. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I also want to point out that this is based on God's character. Being yeah. thankful is remember how we how our attitudes and actions reflect God's character. And so here we have Psalm one hundred seven one. It says, "Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good; mm-hmm. His steadfast love endures forever." Yeah. And then another verse, Psalm seven seventeen. I will give thanks to the Lord. Uh, the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. Just think about the the characteristics of God. There, we're talking about his his goodness, his steadfast love, his righteousness, uh, all of the things. His great name, the glory of God, is is wrapped up in that. So, thankfulness is something that we're responding to who God is. That's exactly right. It, it is thankfulness is all about your relationship with God. That's why I think. I really think Thanksgiving is such a big deal because it is it is you reckoning with your relationship with God and thankfulness. I'm excited. I think this podcast will come out the day after Pastor Allen preaches on on thankfulness. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to hear that, though, because we're talking about how, how thankfulness is your response to God yes. for all the things that he has done for you That's good. Um, and who he is. And then ultimately, this just gives us the right perspective, Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm-hmm. And that is, again, that idea of, of perspective. Thanksgiving comes from rightly seeing who God is and what God has done for you, even in the, even in the midst of bad circumstances. Yeah, even if you're having a, a, a bad day or a bad season, uh, if you turn your attention in, towards the Lord in thankfulness, uh, it really will help you get a Christ-centered perspective on life. Yeah, and so Thanksgiving is more than one day. It, right. It's an attitude that Christians should have all of the time. Yeah, 
all the time. So the, the last thing we want to ask about this is how do we instill a thankful attitude in our children? Well, I think, first of all, for we me... We just yell at them, say thanks, yeah, be thankful. say thanks. Yeah, exactly. Say thank you, say well, thank you. And we know that that doesn't work, because you can say, say thank you, and they're like, thank you. you right, know, like, they just you. go through the motions. <clears throat> exactly. And so I think one thing is to, to celebrate Thanksgiving well. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I mean, I've had I've had Thanksgivings where I've just had bad. You know, you, we say we love getting around family and stuff, but then you get around family and stuff, and it's like, oh, I hate all these people. You know, <laughs> and um, it shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we have to really check our hearts, guard our hearts, and and have love for other people during this time because I think Thanksgiving can be a reset and a reminder. Ooh, that's good to to continue through the year with think with thankfulness. Um, and that's a lot of times how I try to, to treat it. And then wasn't that the purpose of the feasts and the festivals in the Bible was to get our, to get the folk to refocus back because so many things in life happens and we can't, you know, it's hard to stay in that mode all of the time, but then Thanksgiving rolls around. It's like, Hey, we, we need to be thankful, not for one day, but this is sort of the, the reset to have a thankful attitude and a thankful perspective that on is life. Exactly. And I treat Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter, all of those holidays like that. They're not, they're not just like, this is the only time I celebrate this. This is no, this is the reset. This is the reminder. This is the culmination. So I think we got to do it well, but there's, this is something we need to live out with our kids, right? That's right. Any, any perspectives on what are good ways to produce thankfulness in, in our kids? Well, I think we mentioned some just, just trying to keep it in the forefront of their minds and uh, trying to just really find a way to, um, you know, encourage that in their hearts yeah. for, you know, the, you know, I try to remind my children of the many blessings that they yeah, have yeah, yeah. and thinking about it's easy for, for children who have um, a, a home and food and all that to take that for granted. And so I remind them often that not all of the children do that. And, you know, we talk about our, our food pantry that we have mm-hmm. and say, Hey, we're serving our community because not everybody has food. You know, we talk about, um, you know, when we do our operation Christmas child boxes, you know, we're buying things for children around the world that don't have access to these things. That's a good point. Cause I, I, I know growing up, I, I realized that like, you know, your parents can say like, oh, there's starving kids in Africa who could use this, blah, blah, blah. And that's true. But as a kid, it's like that just becomes old. But when you bring your kids into a service project, when they get to see and be a part of helping other people, that's when you it dawns on you like, oh, this is real. Like, this is real life. And and I have it better than other people do. Exactly. And that, I think, is a good point yeah. in producing that Thanksgiving. Well, that's, yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's some really helpful things as we move forward. So let's shift gears and talk about our next subject for this pastor's perspective. Well, and, and yeah, I think this is actually a great topic for us to jump into off of Thanksgiving, because I think a lot of times it's easy for us to think about being thankful, but but we're going to talk about this idea of dealing with disappointment, because sometimes it's it's really hard to be thankful. It's really hard to have a good attitude when, when there's just so much disappointment in life or, or just surrounding you. Maybe, you know, we can look at plenty of different areas of our world today and find disappointment. Yeah. Life is full of disappointments. Why do you think that we, we have so many disappointments in life? Well, ultimately, I think it's just the, the result of the fall. I mean, if, if it were not for sin in the world, I don't think that there would be disappointment. I think we would have perfect expectations, and I think that things would work out um, according to those expectations. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I wrote down a couple of things here. Where do they come from? And I think you're right on consequences of our sin and the sin of others. Right. Yeah. We face lots of disappointments because of sinfulness. And really, that's the root of most of most of everything. But there are some other reasons. Yeah, there's unfortunate circumstances. And that I do that is still a part of the fall. Um, there there's something about the 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 order of all creation. Uh, we are supposed to be the you know reign reigning you know the reign um, rulers of creation, and because of the fall of of sin, there are things that happen in the world that are what we call unfortunate. But really, they're they're what, what many theologians would call like natural evil, mm-hmm. right? And so, natural evil is still a part of the sin in the world, right? And so that's the thing that happens. Just it's you know sometimes have you ever said I'm not mad at this person or I'm not mad at at, at you I'm just mad about the circumstances. The situation, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah. that's what we're talking about. I also think we have mismanaged expectations sometimes. Yeah. Our expectations are are too high, and yeah. for for other people or the situation, or and for so yeah. we face disappointment from that. Yep. We have misunderstandings and unintentional offenses. You know, sometimes it's just I, I even dealt with that just the other night, like. Uh, you know, just an accident, something, somebody just didn't understand the other person and something happened and it's, you know, oh, disappointment. And, um, and that's hard. Mm -hmm. That can be hard. Right. Yeah. So it can overwhelm us. It can, it can wreck our lives if we let it take control. Yeah. We can kind of get like an Eeyore syndrome where everything in life is bad. We look at everything from a negative perspective and we just, Oh, well, life can't be good for me, you know, and just have just disappointments, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, uh, we just watched that Christopher Robin movie. Yeah. Eeyore's hilarious, it's such a good you know? Movie. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess I'll just be stuck in this bucket forever now. You know, and it's just like like that all the time. Yeah. And I don't know if you know people like that, but that's someone whose life has been uh, overtaken by disappointment. And really, the Christian should not let disappointment take control of their life. We've got to deal with the disappointment in our life. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there are several different issues here that we can talk about but the yeah. first one well the bible has has something to say about this yes isn't that isn't that cool ultimately yeah i mean the that's, bible has something to say about disappointment well and and that's the thing god understands the reality of our world and he comes to us where we are you know and i think a lot of times people just think of god as this you know heavy-handed like be perfect or else and there is that expectation of holiness uh, be holy as I am holy, but God knows that we're fallen and he is gracious. And so he tells us how to deal with this stuff. And so he, he addresses, he, you know, God brings it right to the point, you know, it's our heart. It's ultimately our heart, right? I mean, that's the real issue. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I found this quote, uh, Deepak Ra- Raju. I don't know if I'm saying yeah. that right. He's, it was on uh, Ligonier's website. It says, disappointment often reveals what your heart is really worshiping. It exposes you. If your son made a bad decision and you are sad because of his foolish decision, uh, or are you sad because of his foolish decision or because it shows he's not living up to your expectations? If you desire more intimacy with your spouse, but he or she doesn't reciprocate, are you dissatisfied with your spouse's no or because you feel entitled to more intimacy? If your boss doesn't give you the promotion, are you frustrated because you worked hard for the pay raise or because you fear failure? When you're dealing with disappointment, it's too easy to focus on the circumstances around you and cast blame on others rather than look at the battle in your own heart. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that spoke to key. me. That is key because we, we think like if only this was different, if only this was different, if only this was different, then I would be happy. 
That's really what we're saying. And God is trying to say, no, no, no. Well, we're making it about us at that point, right? Exactly. And yeah. the we know that life, especially for the Christian, life for all people, but life for the Christian is about glorifying God. Right. And our priorities are set by Jesus. Jesus says in the greatest commandment, love the Lord God with all your mind, soul, body, and strength. And then he says the second greatest commandment, love the neighbor as yourself. Never in that. Now, that doesn't mean he's saying love your neighbor as yourself. So there is some self-care there, some self-love. Yes, of course. But the priorities are set on God and, and other people. Mm-hmm. And if we're always focused inward, there we're going to have idols that are going to be set up on our heart. Yeah. We're going to let these idols take up place in our heart where God needs to be. Yep. Now, I think, you know, one of the things I've noticed is a lot of times people who who struggle with like uh, insecurities or um, self self doubt, like doubting themselves. Um, what I found, even in my own heart, is that that actually is is coming from the root of pride, mm. because what it what it's saying is I want to be this way and I want people to think about me this way, and when I don't get that, when I when they don't think about me the way I want to be thought of, crushing disappointment and insecurity, right? And so it ultimately comes from this this sense of pride and self-focused, which you wouldn't think that. You would think otherwise. You would think, oh, you need better self-esteem. But really, it comes from it comes from wanting too much self-esteem. That's right. Yeah. I, I really, you know, parents struggle with that with their children. It's if your children acts up, yeah. it's like, oh, people are gonna think I'm a bad parent. Right, right. Rather than rather than dealing with the the issue of your child disobeying you because of their sin nature mm-hmm. and trying to correct them in that we we want to focus on how does this make me look yeah and that's not what the bible is is telling us to do based on you that's you you are the god of the parenting situation there right right yeah so can't many of the disappointments in life be mitigated if we seek to fix our heart instead of harboring idols we need to let jesus reign in our hearts correct that's why at the end of first john he tells them you know children guard yourself from idols he doesn't talk about idolatry at all. He talks about who Jesus is the whole time and how you can know that you that you have salvation in Christ. And the very end, he says, guard your heart from idols. Yep. And his point is, keep Jesus first or else he will not be anything to you ultimately. Right. So we address our heart and then we change our perspective. Right. You know, one of the things that was kind of revelation to me a few years ago is, did you know you can change your attitude? Yeah, so so talk to me about this. I'm I'm intrigued to hear yeah, your take you, on this. We have we have the ability and the control over our attitude. Now things will affect us, mm-hmm. right? But how we deal with them, right? It's not just a product of our circumstance. We can control it. Look at what James says in James chapter one. He says, "Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet very when trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness." And you let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Mm. So think about this. You're driving down the road. You have, you're on the way to a meeting. You're, you're very close on your time. All of a sudden, your tire blows. blows. Mm-hmm. Think about that. You could either get really angry about that and say, man, I am just so frustrated. I'm so angry. Or you can change. You, you don't have to say, you don't have to let that anger reign in your heart. You can change your perspective and say, you know what? Stuff like this happens, and this is something that I can't control. I'll have to call them and let them know I'm going to be late for the meeting, or I'll have to reschedule. Mm. And we can change our attitude. We can change our perspective when it comes to these things. He's telling us, look at your trials with joy. Don't look at them with anger, frustration, sadness, depression. Look at them with joy. 
So there's a there's an implication there that we can change our attitude. Yeah, I think uh, for me this this is a hard one, and I think for and I'm not yeah I'm not saying this no, is no. easy. Right? No, no, of course not. But uh, but yeah, it is good for everyone to know. Like we know that this is not easy. If you know us personally, then you know that we know that. <laughs> but uh, I think for me the idea like perspective is is literally talking about like that word has the idea of looking at something, you know, like an angle at which you look at things or what you are looking at. And so for me, like to change my attitude, I have got to look at something other than what I'm dealing with. Mm. And I can never, I've never been able to change my attitude by looking at the situation I'm, I'm wrestling with. I always have to look to God uh, or look at, like we were talking about before, look at the good things I have. Because if I don't do that, then I'm con- then I get overwhelmed by those yeah. those circumstances. Well, and I, I think that's the point we're making. Right? Yeah, and I think that's even our next point. We're talking about in changing our perspective is to change our mindset. If yeah. we refocus what we think about and set our minds on the things of Christ instead of those disappointments, then our perspective will change. Do you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, this is. Uh, Let's see. This is Philippians two. Thank you. Philippians two, two through five. And uh, it says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And that goes back to that mindset of others first right let each of you look not only to his own interest but also to the interests of others and have this mind among yourselves which is yours in christ jesus so this is this is the mindset of christ right this is the mind of christ passage where we are one and united trying to trying in our sanctification we're trying to think about through situations as jesus would think of them yeah. And he would act in those situations. Right. I think Romans uh, 12 is so good. Uh, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. That's having a more Christ-like mind yeah. so that you can have this mindset when you deal with <laughs> frustrating situations. Yeah, back when I was a kid, we had these WWJD bracelets. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you remember those or not. You might be too young. I'm <laughs> not that young. <laughs> uh, but I were, actually worked in a Christian bookstore, and they were very popular. Our most popular item were those bracelets. And I, I really, um, they're kind of... Uh, they're kind of like cliche, now. cliche now, yeah. but it was a really cool movement because it really helped you focus on Jesus to yeah. say in this situation, in these circumstances, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. You know, how would he act in this? And so I'm trying to emulate, imitate Jesus yeah. in my life. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool because it helps you take your, the focus off of the bad circumstance and put it on Christ. Mm. Yeah. There's also another verse in Philippians 4, 8, and this is kind of what you're talking about earlier, where it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any, uh, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yeah. So the Christian can know that there's disappointments, can know, but we're not to dwell on those things. We're to dwell on the things of God, the, this mindset of all of these pure and love and, and true and honorable things, right? Yeah, that's right. You, you, you have to replace, you have to replace, um, these, these sinful thoughts or negative thoughts. And they're not always sinful, but like negative thoughts can become sinful. You have to replace them with godly things. 
you have to with godly and good things and that's what paul's getting at there is is think about pure things think about lovely things i mean that's why like art can be a a, a wonderful uh christian thing you know like uh you can you don't you can look at artistic things you can go on trips i was i was talk, telling you earlier you know during the fall we used to take trips with our churches when i lived in virginia um up to the mountains just to look at the leaves changing and how beautiful yeah. creation was mm -hmm. and you just think and dwell on these things instead of the things that uh that that could distract you from yeah. god that's good last thing we need to talk about is uh god's sovereignty when we're talking about this subject of dealing with disappointment we have to understand it in the proper perspective of god's sovereignty and god working in our lives God is sovereign to bring all things together in our lives for the proper time. Romans 8, 28, For we know that in all things God worked for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Once again, that word all, boy, what a troubling word for the all. Christian there, because it means that the good circumstance, the bad circumstance, God works all of those things together. And Brian, I'm not saying that that's easy, especially right. when we deal with the hardest stuff of life, a, a loss of a, of a child or of a loved one or a loss of a job or some, you know, accident or disaster, natural disaster. Those are, that's the toughest stuff of life. Yeah. Okay. But God says, and if we believe the word, if we believe his promises that all of those things work together for our good. So we have to ask ourselves, do we believe the promises of God? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think what we need to do when we when we are confronted with these things is we need to go to God in honesty and say, God, I know what your word says. I know what you say. And I'm really struggling right now. I, Lord, I, I need your help because I know all of this works out for good. I just don't know how. Help me. Help me. I know you're in control. I don't know how this is going to be good. Help me. I'm struggling. And right. and that's where Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 really comes in. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You can go to God with your with your lack of understanding and say, I don't get it, God. But then he it says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. He he will work it out. Even if you never know how he does it, he will. I love that verse. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. I think the final thing we need to do is look to Christ, right? We need to look to Jesus. So what is our default reaction to a bad circumstance, to a disappointment? Is it anger, depression, frustration? Do we withdraw? Yeah. And instead of reacting that way, we need to look to Jesus. And I, I really think that that is what sanctification is. Mm. I think sanctification is, is growing in your, in your reaction time, you know, being able to yes. react looking to Jesus faster right. each time. You know what I mean? That's that's when I've grown in my faith is when I react to problems by just going, Jesus, you know? <laughs> and so we have to uh, do what First Peter 5, 6 through 7 says. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he might exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. What a great promise, Brian, that God, we need to humble ourselves enough to put and, and to cast all those anxieties on God because God cares for us so much. Yeah. He wants us to lay those burdens on him and say, yeah. God, I can't handle this situation. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 I am, I'm acknowledging my frustration. I'm acknowledging my anger and I need to lay this before you so you can help me with this. And this is Peter talking, right? I mean, every time I read this, I think about Peter in the, in the boat with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's when, you know, the storm is happening and, and they wake him up. And what do they say to him? Lord, don't you care 
that we're about to drown? And then here Peter comes back after Christ's resurrection. He says, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus cares. Right. Throw your anxieties on him. Yeah, I love this verse in Philippians 4 where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There's thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And here's what it says. Here's another promise. The peace of God, which surpasses understanding. This is what you said a minute ago, where we don't always understand how and and why God does this. But the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, to go back to the hearts, Mm -hmm. and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the complete verse here that pulls everything together. Six through seven. Yeah, that's so So when you have a situation, a disappointment, here he calls it something that you're anxious about. I would say that would be a disappointment. Right. (laughs) Um, Go to God in prayer with thanksgiving. Let that be known to God because God will fill us with his peace that will help us. It will guard our hearts. It will guard our minds in Jesus. And those are promises that we can cling to. We need to really memorize those verses and and know them so we can pull them out when we face a tough situation. And the beauty behind this is it doesn't mean that your circumstances change. It means you change. Right. You change. You are able to get through any circumstance because Christ is growing you. I mean, Jesus got through death itself. Right. You know, like (laughs) he can get you through anything. Right. So... So disappointments will happen. Much of it we can't control. Some we can, but much of it we can't. It's how we react to things in our lives. The Christian should have a better handle on disappointment. And as we grow, we should mature in this area. One suggestion that I have is, you know, we've had several verses from Philippians. Do a book study of Philippians because I really think Paul hits on some great things here. How do you have this mind of Christ? How do you have the proper perspective? Philippians is a great book for that. Yeah, and then lastly, how how do we help our kids understand this truth, how to deal with disappointment? Um, you know, first of all, we've got to talk honestly about disappointments with them. We we can't honestly we can't protect them from every disappointment either. Right. If, if they never experience disappointment, then they'll never be able to deal with life as they get older. So we have to let that happen sometimes and then talk with them biblically about it, right? Yes. Help, help them else? refocus on Jesus. You know, take them from from the talking and the praying and, and really help them to have that attitude and that focus so they learn as they grow up, hey, we're not going to get upset about this. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to look to Jesus. He's going to help us. He's going to help us think right, act right. Do what's right in this situation. And the fact is true that like parents are not your savior. You know, your right. parents aren't your savior. Jesus is. And you want them to realize that from a very early age. That's good. So th- those are some of the things that we think would be helpful. And um, and if you are dealing with disappointment and you go to our church, reach out to us. We're here. We all deal with it. And maybe you just need a friend. Sometimes that's the big part of it, too. Just need a friend Somebody to help to listen. look at Jesus. Yeah, that's good. So that's really good. Well, I've enjoyed this pastor's perspective, and I hope that you guys have too. Yeah, I hope our listeners are enjoying these things. We're definitely going to keep doing this. Next time, we're going to be back in our uh, study on the Word, and so we're going to be looking at the necessity of the Bible. It's going to be good. Don't yep. miss it. Don't miss it. All right. Thanks we'll for see you next, see you next time. time. how we get the bloopers yes exactly that's exactly what i was thinking
I people, want the people to know that. I want people to know the bloopers are fake and we just really hate each other. <laughs> and we don't really, we just don't like each other, but we oh, fake just, it the we whole pretend time. We pretend like we're getting along. That's right. It's all fake, everyone. This is fake laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so is that. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm going to use this today, right? Okay. <laughs> Whenever you make a good point, right? So, so, so say something like you have a really good point. Yes, really good point. No, no. I don't know what to say. <laughs> say, Jesus is Lord. Oh, yeah. Not ashamed of the God. The crowd goes wild. Okay. And that's for like, uh, whenever you say something that's really dumb. Analogies. <laughs> <laughs>